0: This week's Adam Schefter Podcast, Fantasy Drafts Are Getting Closer. And we are here to bring you what we think is some of the finest insight into some of the players you should and shouldn't be picking in your fantasy drafts, as well as some of the players who could be surprises this year. We'll be joined by Matthew Berry from ESPN. Matthew has the fantasy show on ESPN Plus, the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast, and of course he'll be a part of the fantasy marathon. That's beginning on Monday, August 12th at ESPN. And we'll be joined by the two men who just launched the new fantasy website, EstablishTheRun.com, Evan Silva and Adam Levitan, two of the preeminent fantasy experts in the field. So between Matthew Berry and Evan Silva and Adam Levitan, you should be ready for your upcoming draft. And now we bring in my friend, my colleague, The man who will be a part of the Fantasy Football Marathon that begins Monday, August 12th and goes through Tuesday, August 13th on ESPN. The man who is a part of the Fantasy Show on the ESPN Plus app for the third straight season. The man who has his own podcast with Stefania Bell, Field Yates, Daniel Dopp, my producer on this very podcast called the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast. Matthew Barry, and Matthew, it's an honor to get you at this time of the year. I almost feel like... August is to you what March is to me.
1: Yeah, uh, where you're just your phone's going off the hook, and it's you're you're running from uh, from microphone to uh, microphone, and um, yeah, you don't sleep a lot. Yeah, hundred percent. I feel like that's the time for you, but it, it's March for you, but it's also now for you, and it's, it's, uh, February for you. It's, I feel like it, I feel like my August is every month for you.
0: Yeah, well, that is kind of true. March is the peak of it, but February's like that. April's like that. January's definitely like that. In seasons like that. So every month, but really May and June are like that, but even May and June, things happen, and it gets like that. So we are in your prime season. And so I figured I'd reach out to you. Everybody's got their fantasy drafts coming up. So I know I, on a routine basis, get asked these questions that I will just ask of you, right? We're going to sure. go through and you. Same-
1: hey, I, I have a question for you, though, Adam. Yeah. Do you, do you this, this is curious to me. When fans recognize you on the street or, you know, even, you know, friends in your own life or anything like that, do you get asked more fantasy questions or more what's going on with my team questions kind of thing?
0: There has been such a dramatic shift in that over the 30 years that I've covered the NFL that I would say that in the first decade I covered the league, you got almost no fantasy questions, and now you get almost no questions about how is my team going to do. Now you get the questions that I'm going to ask you today. Now everybody wants to know, who are some sleepers? What should I be doing with my first-round pick? Do you like this player this year? What do you think of the strategy? Right. I mean that that that's what people want to know. We've become, and you know this better than anybody, a fantasy football society, right, Matthew?
1: And it's a beautiful thing. You know, it it uh, keeps food in my fridge. <laughs> uh, thank God. It's, but yeah, it's it's been amazing. It's been amazing, and because of the prolif- proliferation of fantasy football and the coverage of it, where it's twenty four seven. I mean, you and I work for a 24-7, twenty four seven three six hundred. 365 Sports Network that has many, many platforms. So finding that edge, finding that little piece of information that no one knows becomes harder and harder. And so I think that's one of the reasons why I get up and it's uh, I get hit up. And it's certainly why you or Field Yates or Mort or any of our insiders get hit up in such a big way because you're like, all right, listen, tell me, have you talked to this GM? Tell me one little thing that you haven't told anyone else yet. Like, so it's just this, give me a nugget of information that I don't know yet. You know, that's
0: it, it's because it, uh, finding an edge becomes harder and harder. Well, Matthew, my job is to present news and information. And at this point, again, there are not a lot of people asking about their favorite teams. The information that matters to people is how a certain guy is looking in camp. How badly is he injured? Who's climbing the depth chart? Who does this coaching staff like? That will impact people's football season. And you talk about fancy sports. And I was talking about this with my producer, your colleague our friend Daniel Dopp before this began fantasy has changed the way that I view and consume basketball and golf I become an avid fantasy basketball and golf player too and I feel as avid about that as I do fancy football but whatever season we're in I love doing that and I love fancy football now and I can't wait for our world league draft that we have coming up the night before the season begins that Wednesday. I mean this this stuff is the best it's the best
1: yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's great. Um uh you know, this is this is what I've lived, it's my you know, I always talk about fantasy life and it's you know, I always say that if it if you are a football fan, it will make you enjoy football all that much more. If you are not a football fan, it will give you a reason to root and enjoy football. But I would assume anyone listening to this right now Adam is obviously is a fan of yours and is a fantasy player, is a football fan certainly. So, um uh we're here to help
0: well, let's try to give people some insights, some information, some secrets about players they should and shouldn't be drafting. And again, I will ask you some of the same questions, Matthew, that are asked to me on a regular basis now. Let's start with, give me a guy in the early rounds that you like, the mid rounds that you like, and the late rounds that you like. Well, It's a very broad I, and ambiguous yeah, question, very, I know. Very broad. But I'm yes. going to start there and we're going to go in.
1: Yeah, Exactly. John Sawatsky is, uh, is pulling out what little Harry has left, <laughs> uh, our interview coach here at ESPN. So in terms of the early rounds that I like, I mean, other than the obvious guys, I mean, you know, so you, you've got all the obvious guys. I will say that I think Odell Beckham Jr. is a tremendous value right now. So I'm looking at the ADP on ESPN.com, average draft position of where players are going in drafts on ESPN.com. And they're, you know, wherever you play, the ADP is different. That's always one of my big draft pieces of advice is, is to, Figure out where you're playing and look at the ADP on that particular site because ADP and inter- average draft position is often dictated largely by the default ranks of whatever that site is. And so if you don't play on ESPN, they'll be different. But on ESPN, and so you can sort of exploit that when you realize where players are going and market inefficiencies there. But Odell Beckham Jr. is going in the middle of the second round on ESPN.com. I am as a top eight player. I am as my number three wide receiver this year. I believe he is going to have a monster year within the realm of possibilities for him is number one wide receiver in fantasy and also potentially the best season ever by a fantasy wide receiver. I mean, remember, since he's come to the league, he averages over 20 fantasy points per game, which is better than any other wide receiver with the exception of Antonio Brown since he's been in the league. Injuries are always a concern with Beckham, but he's done all this, all this massive production. I don't need to give a bunch of stats to tell you how good Beckham is. We all know this. But all this production has been done with Eli Manning, who over the last three years, his touchdown percentage has been one of the worst in the NFL. He's now going to Cleveland with a quarterback who, once Freddie Kitchens took over in week nine last year, was not only one of the most accurate quarterbacks in football, but one of the most accurate quarterbacks on deep passes and was top, um, top five in the NFL in terms of deep completions, deep completion attempts, deep completion percentage. Like He loves to throw it deep, and he's very good doing that. And now he just adds Odell Beckham Jr. So I'm really high on Baker Mayfield and Beckham. I love that that stack, if you will, uh, between those two players. But I think Beckham is due for a monster year in what should be a very good Cleveland offense.
0: Did I hear you say that you think he could have the best fantasy wide receiver season ever? That's within the realm of
1: possibilities. I don't think it's likely. I mean, that but that's a bold prediction. Like, do do I think that's possible? Like, there are certain players that that's just not possible for. Yeah, I believe I I am a huge Baker Mayfield fan. Yep. um not just as a person you know he's he's fun to follow on social media um but just as a player right i mean i just and and so you give a player like baker mayfield a player like odell beckham junior hmm. uh and i think the sky is the limit and so uh he had odell beckham junior has the talent plays all 16 games it's the, it's an offensive system and a quarterback that yes He could potentially have the best season ever by a wide receiver. Again, I'm not predicting that. I'm not saying it's likely, but it's within the realm of possibility. It's not crazy to say that. Like, there are certain, like, that's never going to happen for Julian Edelman, who's a very good wide receiver, right? But that is within the realm of possibility for Beckham, given his talent, the quarterback in that system.
0: See, when we're talking early, I'm going to give you mine. Uh, we were talking before we started, and in one of my drafts, I have the sixth overall pick. And I just think when you are picking in that spot and you're not, Able to take one of these four running backs at the top. You want to go safe. What's safe? Devontae Adams is safe. Michael Thomas is safe. DeAndre Hopkins is safe. Now, you like Beckham more than those guys, it sounds like.
1: No, I have. So, I, he's my number three wide receiver. So, I have, I have, uh, Devontae Adams is number one. I have Hopkins at two. I have Beckham at three. Hmm. But I do have him ahead of Michael Thomas. I do have him ahead of Julio Jones. All of them are, who, all of whom are awesome. Like, so you have to nitpick a little bit here. But yeah, I'm a believer in, I know Beckham. You know can be an emotional player, but he is very close with Jarvis Landry. Obviously, they are um, they are very good friends from their time at LSU together. And so, I think talking talking to my sources, which aren't your sources, but um, I have certainly less sources than you. But talking to the few people that that I know, uh, the sense that I get is they believe that uh, Jarvis will be a very calming influence on Beckham. And so, there's a chip on his shoulder, obviously, from having been taken from New York and. I just don't think you can over. I don't think you can overestimate the the vast difference in talent at this stage of their careers going from Eli Manning to Baker
0: Mayfield. Uh, give me a mid round guy that you'd like to target that in some of your drafts you got a lot of exposure to, or you will have a lot of exposure to somebody that stands out in that area of now a define draft. Define
1: mid rounds. Are you saying fourth? Are you saying eighth? Like d- define mid rounds for me. I,
0: I have five, six, seven. Okay. How about that? Somewhere in that range.
1: So a a guy that's going in the um, in the fifth round on ESPN.com, and I'm surprised at this, I can't believe he's going in the fifth round, is Josh Jacobs, who is my fantasy writer this here. <laughs> Josh Jacobs, look, John Gruden, in every year that he's been a head coach of the NFL, his number one running back has averaged over 250 touches a game. <laughs> and I think there's a chance he could approach 300 this year. He, he's not going to come off the field. I know people are a little worried about Jalen Rashard. Like, listen, I've interviewed Josh Jacobs twice now, and both times he has told me about the fact that they, uh, they're lining him up in the slot. They're lining him up wide. They're keeping me in the passing game. Josh Jacobs was actually a, his senior year in high school, he played for a small school in Oklahoma. He was, uh, uh, he was a wildcat quarterback. He played quarterback his senior year in, in high school. I don't think people know that. Now, it was wildcat, basically. I mean, they were snapping to him. He was running a lot, but he still threw a little bit. And I remember saying this, saying to him, saying, uh, Josh, does Coach Gruden know this? Well, we got to get some plays. And he just smiled and he says, package is already in. Wow. Like, don't be surprised to see Josh Jacobs take some snaps from center and maybe even throw a little bit. So I just think the usage is going to be there. Even in a loss season last year, Adam, for the Raiders, yeah. the, um, Oakland still had the sixth highest red zone rush percentage in the NFL last year. So, my expectation is is that Josh Jacobs, very talented player in, a, in an offense that's going to be better, volume's going to be amazing, and so, uh, yeah, I can't like- believe he, he's currently going as uh, in the fifth round on ESPN.com.
0: You like Josh Jacobs more than some of the other rookie running backs like David Montgomery, like Miles Sanders, like Daryl Henderson? You like him more?
1: significantly more than all those guys and I like I like Montgomery I like Sanders I think Henderson's being a little bit overdrafted uh just to touch on those guys very quickly I like Montgomery the most of them I think he's going to be very heavily involved in that passing game a high on the entire Chicago Bears offense so Montgomery I like the most there I think Sanders is really talented and I get a, I get all the buzz coming out of Philadelphia's camp but Doug Peterson has never shown any inclination that he wants to commit to one running back throughout his head coach career at Philadelphia, which has gone very well for him. He's always been a running back by committee guy. And so Jordan Howard, who has scored nine touchdowns each of the last two years and is, you know, is a bruiser, is a guy that's good in in short yardage and goal line situations. I think it's going to be a two headed monster there in Philadelphia. Now, both Sanders and Howard are being drafted really late. They're going outside the top 30 among running backs at ESPN. So I actually think there's value in both guys because I think both guys are going to get between 12 and 15 touches a game behind one of the best offensive lines in football, behind what I believe to be one of the best offenses of football in Philadelphia. So I think both guys are values. Um, But I don't discount Jordan Howard. I think people are just putting uh, dirt on the fantasy grave of Jordan Howard, and I think that's too soon. It is going to be a running back by committee in, uh, in Philadelphia. And then Daryl Henderson, everyone is so worried about Todd Gurley. I think he's being overdrafted. And Sean McVay has said this, and this is my expectation. I know, I know, um, you've had Sean McVay on this podcast, Adam, and you, you talk to sources around the Rams, but my expectation is that, that Daryl Henderson is going to be a, you know, eight to 12 touch Chris Thompson type, you know, McVay. Obviously. Giovanni Bernard type. Yeah. Like just a guy that like is going to, um, You know, they're going to try to get him, you know, even a theoretic type, you know, just basically a guy that they're going to try to spring on a couple of big plays, use him in the passing game, but not heavy usage, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like eight to 12 touches a game and that if anything were to happen to Todd Gurley and he missed a game, that it would be Malcolm Brown that would be the starting running back of the Rams. That's accurate.
0: That's accurate. You know, what's interesting there in all three of these rookie running backs that we brought up comparing them to Josh Jacobs. You're exactly right. I think Miles Sanders is going to be a great running back in the NFL, but there's a lot of backs in Philly, and they are a running back by committee. So if you're taking Miles Sanders, your expectations, I think, have to be tempered some because of all the work that's going to go to all the other backs like Jordan Howard and Darren Sproles and Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwood and all these other guys that they have back there. Chicago, they also have Tariq Cohn. They also have Mike Davis, who they like. They have other backs. I think Montgomery's going to be great. Great. And you're exactly right on Daryl Henderson. The analogy that I was used was like a bigger, sturdier Giovanni Bernard, yep. but Malcolm Brown is the backup. So Daryl Henderson's one of three backs, basically. So is there enough work for him there to justify a high pick for him? We'll see how that works out, right?
1: Yeah. I, I'm curious, like, what is the sense that you get, Adam? I want to interview you as well because yeah. I know – uh so I'll take advantage of the fact that I've got you on the phone. What is the sense you're hearing from Los Angeles about Todd Gurley? Like, that's one of the big questions yeah. that fantasy players have this year.
0: I think, in my own mind, that there's been a overreaction to Todd Gurley and that there's been more hysteria and more alarm than there should be and that he's going to be knocked down some pegs in a draft but that Todd Gurley still scores more touchdowns in a more prolific offense at a more prolific position than any of these other players and that if he's there, yes. Now, again, I think Todd Gurley, by and large, is going to go in the second round of most drafts, right? Sure. What's his ADP right now, Matthew? Would you say, I'm going to guess off the top of my head right now, I'm going to guess 17, 18?
1: Uh, he's weirdly, he's going seventh overall on ESPN, which is high, seventh? and I'm surprised wow. by that. He, I have, but I have certainly seen him in a lot of drafts fall to the second and even sometimes the third.
0: Yeah. Well, the third, that's a steal, a steal. Crazy. Yeah. And the second round, I still like him in the second round. First, yeah. again, we've talked about the first round. First round is safety, safety. And as much as I am not, as alarmed as others on Todd Gurley. I still think there is that health question. There is a knee question. But, again, I think he's going to be Todd Gurley. I think they're going to be smart with him. I think they're going to preserve him. I think they're going to extend his season this year. Like last year, he had a hard time at the end of the year. They put him on a plan this year. I think Todd Gurley is going to be there when it matters. I'm not as alarmed as other people, but I'm not using rushing to use a first-round pick on him. Does that make sense? It
1: certainly, it, it certainly does. There is risk there that there aren't with some of the other picks. Although, I'm looking at our ADP. It's crazy to me. Le'Veon Bell is going fifth overall, um, which is insane to me given what I think there's a lot of risk. Ezekiel Elliott's going fourth overall, and obviously there's risk there. Melvin Gordon's going 12th overall. Um, David Johnson's going 10th. Like I I have David Johnson as a top five pick Mm -hmm. like last year in a season which everything went wrong for the Cardinals. And it was one of the worst offenses in modern NFL history. David Johnson still finished as the ninth best running back in fantasy. And and so in an offense that we expect to be a lot better, certainly a lot more fantasy friendly under Cliff Kingsbury with Kyler Murray under center. Yeah. I mean, David Johnson is one of the best pass catching running backs in the NFL. His volume is going to be insane. Uh, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, if you look at what he did at Texas Tech, his running backs always caught passes. So David Johnson, to me, is a is a steal going in the second round in some oh. drafts on ESPN.com. Again, I have him as a top-five player.
0: Yeah, if David Johnson were there in the second round, he would be my pick without without question. Which brings us, I guess, to the late rounds, Matthew. I asked you about the early rounds. I yeah. asked you about what I defined as the mid-rounds.
1: Do you have a mid-round guy for me? Because here's one of the things. I, I'm, secret scroll, I'm going to just tell you. I'm going to bring you in here for a second. Daniel Dopp, your producer. Because I, because Adam and I are friends and I know Adam wants me on the podcast because we want to talk fantasy. We want to promote the fantasy marathon. Sure. (laughs) I I, I do, I know where you go with this. I do believe some of this is also like, (laughs) let me figure out who Barry likes so that I can snake him from him in the war room draft because you guys have no idea how competitive that league is internally here at
0: ESPN. (laughs) Well, I'll say that I did some best ball drafts, right? Yeah. So I guess if we're going to look and see like, uh, guys that I have, uh, a, a large percentage in Devin Singletary, I took a lot of, but he, that was late, you know. So I don't think that's a mid-round. No, kind no, of no, rig, no, Devin right? Singletary is going late. Uh, I have a lot of Cortland Sutton. Interesting. Okay. okay. So th- there, there would be a mid-round guy that I would like. Uh, yeah, I mean, that...
1: he's even going a little bit later, but that's interesting on Cortland Sutton, you know. And obviously, um, you know, for people that that just know e- uh, Adam from ESPN, you spent many years in Denver covering the Broncos. It's where you made your bones, if you yeah. will. Um so obviously you know every team very well, but uh when when Adam says something about Denver, I sort of perk up that's interesting because I've actually sort of thought that Emmanuel Sanders was kind of the value there. That all the all the footage we've seen of him in practice looks like how did this guy tear his Achilles last year? Like, he looks, mm-hmm. he looks like
0: Emmanuel Sanders before, you know, and so. Well, I was told going into the season, going to camp, yeah. pre-camp, I gotta speak, I gotta circle back on a lot of people and a lot of teams. But and you're going, talking
1: about best ball drafts that you did a while ago, of course. Yeah, I get yeah, that. yeah,
0: correct. And so, uh, basically I was told that Cortland Sutton was a guy that really was gonna have, I, I don't wanna say breakout. I, I don't like to use breakout, but have a strong season. And so he's sitting there in a lot of drafts in what, round six, six or seven? Yeah. Five, six, seven. So he's one of those receivers that you could get as your two or three wide receiver, and I think that people would be happy with him. Now there there are a group of receivers in there, Matthew. Yeah. That I like all of them. Okay. I like Cortland Sutton. I like um Valdez Scantling. Mm-hmm. I like DJ Moore. I like Curtis Samuel. I like Dante Pettis. I like I mean, there's a group of those guys, right? In those mid rounds.
1: Right. Wide receiver is really deep. I actually really deep I like I like Geronimo Allison as long as we're talking yeah. about uh, you know, Packers wide receivers, um, you know, looking at uh looking at some of these uh, as I turn to I'll look, I'll, I'll head down there towards, you know, I think speaking of some other guys like so wide receivers that are going after pick 30. Yeah, you know, just give you give you uh give you some names here. So Christian Kirk, love him. Love him, too. Yeah. yeah. In Arizona. D.D. Westbrook, if you look love at him, too. Yeah. I mean, if you first off, he's their leading receiver. And if you look at what Nick Foles did under John DeFilippo um uh when he was in Philadelphia he he's really he's a lot better targeting the slot than he is outside the numbers so his is his completion percentage is higher his yards fantasy points and so uh DD Westbrook who is obviously the slot receiver of the Jaguars what do we got just to make sure you're saying like wide receiver 30 and later not pick 30 correct yes 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 yeah. yes good good uh good catch there secret squirrel yeah so um Wide receivers that are being picked after wide receiver 30. So we're talking like 10th round on ESPN.com. Look, we just mentioned Emmanuel Sanders going as wide receiver 40. Like, I think he's a value, right? Um, Dante Moncrief, wide receiver 48.
0: Another one. Standing out at Steelers camp is the number two.
1: Exactly. He's going he's gonna to be the guy opposite Juju Smith-Schuster. I'll give you just another sleeper as long as we're talking Pittsburgh. I think Vance McDonald has a monster season this year.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, We're in agreement on a lot of these guys, right? So it's just a question then of value. But my point, to get back to the Cortland Sutton yeah. name that I brought up, there's a group of about 10, 12, 15 wide receivers there that illustrates the depth of the wide receivers in this year's fantasy class, that you're going to get good guys everywhere, and not all of them are going to be right, but I think that there are some awfully compelling and intriguing players in those mid-rounds at the wide receiver position.
1: 100% agree, which is one of the reasons why I think, look, I think you want a stud. I think you want a, a number one guy, but it's one of the reasons why I've advocated, and you know, I wrote my draft day manifesto on ESPN.com, and I advocated that if you can, and we just talked about there's you know some risky guys as you get further into the first round, but if you can, ideally you get out of the first round with a stud running back that you trust, because if you sort of look at it, you just mentioned like listen, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, they're going in the first round of most drafts, but if you think about who's going in the second round, right? Okay, so some you know Michael Thomas, Odo Beckham Jr., Julio Jones, one of those guys will go, but then you're in the second round and. Tyreek Hill is there. Keenan Allen's there. Juju Smith Schuster is there. I have Juju as, as wide receiver six. So, um, and we'll talk about Antonio Brown for a second, but like, there's not a huge drop off. And I've seen Julio and Beckham both go in the second round as well. There's not a huge drop off from those guys from, from Hopkins or Adams, but there's a much bigger drop off from the, the kind of running back that you get in the first round. Mm-hmm. A, you know, uh, a Camara, a McCaffrey, um, you know, even a, a David Johnson or Tide Gurley. When you get into sort of the mid-second round, uh, mid-second round running backs, you know, like that have question marks, like the Leonard Fournettes of the world. Like I love Nick Chubb, but like Devontae Freeman is a guy that's going, you know, sort of second round. Dalvin Cook, like I think Dalvin Cook could have a monster year this year, but obviously there's risk given his injury history. Yep. So you, once you get Pat, and then that's not even before you even get to like Melvin Gordon and, you know, whether he reports. And, and so James Conner, is it going to be more of a committee <laughs> than we thought it was going to be? You know than it was last year. I know they like Benny Snell there and Jalen Samuels as well. So you start getting into the question marks with stud running backs much quicker than you do at wide receiver. And as you just illustrated, Adam, wide receiver deep is uh when you get later in your draft. There's still very productive wide receivers there, whereas there's running backs later where you're like they're all like Devin Singletary types where you're like correct. It, and I like him. Yeah, I like you him. like him, but he's there's but, you know Gore and McCoy are there, and so. You, we
0: like Singletary, but there's... But, this, but the second and third tier running backs is injury based and contingent upon a, a starter going down or correct. struggling. That's right. You're, you're, who knows how that's gonna play out.
1: Exactly. So in terms of clear paths to fantasy relevancy, right. to, to, you know, being on the field and getting opportunity, we always say fantasy success comes from two things, talent and opportunity. All these players are talented. They wouldn't be in the NFL if they're not. So it really comes down to opportunity. Some players are more talented than others, of course. But, um, it comes down to those two things. And so, uh, I think there's more talent and opportunity situations at wide receiver later in your draft than there are with running backs. Correct. Because those running backs are in committees or to, to your point or they've got injury concerns or they've got, you know, offensive line concerns. They, you start getting down there and you're just like, ah, you just don't feel great about some of the running backs. So you want some, you want some studs up early. You want to hit running back early because of the depth of the position at wide
0: receiver later. So, Which brings us to the last category, sleepers, late-round picks. Give me a late-round guy slash sleeper, because everybody wants a fancy sleeper. And we've had some pretty good success with some of these sleepers in recent years. I know I was advocating Alvin Kamara. Yep. Alvocated, remember Tyreek Hill? Yes, yes. (laughs) You called
1: Tyreek Hill his rookie year, 100%. On the marathon, another reason to to watch the fantasy football marathon, Uh, you were like, Kansas City has this fifth round pick, a speedster Tyree Kill. They think they've got something in it. It was a, a great call by you, no question about
0: that. So, so, so here we are into that same category again. Yeah. The, the the pick that again, there are a lot of candidates, uh, yep. but give me give me a guy or two that stands out to you as a sleeper, a late round flyer, and and I have a feeling I know a couple people you're going to say, but go ahead. Yeah, I
1: mean, so we just mentioned a couple of the a couple of the wide receivers, you know, I mean. Mentioned Christian Kirk, who's going in the 10th round. I mentioned Vance McDonald, who's going late. Um, but I'm, like, I'm on our ESPN.com. I mean, Latavius Murray is going in the 12th round, right? And so there's a guy that, uh. He's you know, Mark is, Ingram this year. Exactly right. Over the last three years, uh, the most, uh, the most rushing touchdowns, it's like, it's girly, it's Mark Ingram, and it's Latavius Murray in terms of goal to go situations and converting that at a high rate. And so, uh, to me, uh, Latavius Murray, and by the way, if anything were to happen to Kamara, Latavius Murray would be a top 10 no-brainer play across the board. And so.
0: and, and let me give you another little piece of insight there. Sure. The Saints made the decision, as they were waiting to get an answer for Mark Ingram, they were waiting, 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 and they couldn't wait anymore. And so he was still unsigned, and they signed Latavius Murray because they believed in him. So that gives you more evidence of the kind of player that New Orleans thinks it's getting in Latavius Murray, a player that the Vikings really liked, a guy that basically has been productive when he's played. And yes, the Saints don't plan to use Alvin Kamara any more than they have in other years, despite the fact that Ingram's gone. So basically, Latavius Murray becomes Mark Ingram in that offense.
1: And he's, he's going, he's going much later than Ingram has gone in the past couple of years. So yeah, so there's a great one, but let me go position by position real quickly and I'll give you a couple. So, uh, in terms of going late, Jameis Winston is going as quarterback 19, hmm. which I think is crazy. Last couple of years, um, Jameis Winston has thrown for over 300 yards on 50% of his games. And so if you looked at just Tampa Bay's quarterback last year, and it was, you know, there was some Fitzmagic and Winston, and they replaced each other in games, and so it was a little sloppy there. But the Tampa Bay quarterback position was the second-best quarterback in fantasy last year, and all the elements that made uh, that position so fantasy-relevant are back in play, right? So you've got talented pass catchers in – Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, who's another sleeper, by the way. Yep, I mean like he's, he's, a, he's sort of an obvious sleeper, but um, there's a reason why Chris Godwin's going in the fourth or fifth round. I think he's going to have a monster year, and OJ Howard. So you've got you've got really talented pass catchers. You've got a fantasy friendly offense that wants to throw it deep uh, under Bruce Arians, right? You have no running game. Yeah. And you have a bad defense. So they're going to have to throw. And by the way, you also have no Ryan Fitzpatrick because he's in Miami now. So it is going to be the Jameis Winston show. Bruce Arians took this job knowing I've got to, I don't want to say fix, but like he's got to make Jameis Winston, uh, worthy of that number one overall, uh, pick that, yeah, that make him a franchise quarterback. So
0: Winston. And a quarterback who's in his contract year, who's got a lot to prove and a lot at stake too, by the way.
1: So he's a guy going late. I mean, I, I love Kyler Murray this year. as QB. He's going QB 14. I think Lamar Jackson at QB 18 is underrated uh, as well. I think Josh Allen at QB 23, I think he out-earns that ADP.
0: But hold on. Let, let me interrupt you right there. Yeah. So you just gave a bunch of quarterback rankings, 19, 18, 14, 23. Yeah. That just shows you that you just sit back on a quarterback all day long.
1: 100%.
0: There's no reason to go quarterback early. Now, I know that people are going to be attracted to Patrick Mahomes, unbelievable player, and Deshaun Watson and Andrew Luck. And some of the top quarterback, some of the top-ranked quarterbacks. But the fact is, you can wait till the last round of your draft if you want to get a good quarterback, probably, right?
1: Yes. Uh, yes, 100%. Wait, wait, wait on quarterback. The difference is just amazing. So, in terms of, uh, like, I'll give you some uh, some running backs here. Just a couple of, like, if you want, like, sort of pretty deep sleepers here. Uh I think Alexander Madison in, um, Minnesota.
0: But he's a handcuff for Dalvin Cook. Correct. Correct. I mean, so do you But, but you're betting on Dalvin Cook's injury history there. That's what you're doing.
1: 100%. They are going to be run heavy. Once Kevin Stefanski took over as the offense coordinator last year, it's a very small sample size, but over those three games, they had the sixth highest rush percentage in the NFL. We know they want to run. Mike Zimmer has said that. That's one of the reasons they made the change at coordinator. They've tried to improve their offensive line. They bring in Gary Kubiak, who we all know is great in terms of He's great in a lot of areas, uh, coaching offensively, but certainly in terms of improving a run game. So I think he, but yes, that's entirely a betting on Dalvin Cook's injury history, which is, you know, has plagued him throughout his years in the NFL. Uh, I mean, so do you want a guy that like just a sleeper? Do you want somebody that's going late that will have a role regardless? Yeah, give me one of those guys. One of those guys that's going late regard, that will have oh. a role regardless. Well, you, we just talked about Denver. Royce Freeman is going as running back 43. Right. Like everything we're hearing, I think people forget because Philip Lindsay was so good last year. I think people forget how good Royce Freeman was in college, and you know everything I'm hearing out of Denver. And I'm, tell me if you've heard different, but is that this is going to be a true running back by committee? Yeah. That they and and so Freeman, who was dealing with uh, I think an ankle last year, I'm no Stefania Bell, but I think it was an ankle. He wasn't 100% healthy throughout the entire year. So so Royce Freeman is going at running back 43. I think is a value. And, you know, I, I joke about him on Twitter all the time, but Kalen Balaj at running back 48, he's going to be half of that running back, uh, team in Miami, yeah. if not more so. Kalen Balaj is six foot four, uh, oh, uh, well over 200 pounds and runs a four, four forty, Like he is a physical beast. And I know people say he's got some issues with his vision, but, I am a believer in what Brian Flores and Chad O'Shea are going to build there in Miami. And Kalen Balazs is somebody who's going to get a lot of work. And again, running back 48, he's going in the 16th round. Uh, real quickly, I'll give you, uh, let's see, a couple other. Uh, we, we talked yep. about some wide receivers there. Mentioned Jaron Allison. You and I were texting about Jake Kummerow. Yep. That's um, another guy, yeah. Who is that? sleeper, yeah. Deep, like super deep sleeper. There, I think he's sort of interesting. I like Paris Campbell in uh, in Indianapolis. Got a lot of guys there, but again, Paris Campbell's going as wide receiver, um, uh, like fifty fifty sixty one. He's going as wide receiver sixty one. Anthony Miller in Chicago is going Love as him. wide receiver fifty five. Yeah, Adam.
0: great. He's gonna have a good year. Yeah. Was, how about How about Nelson Aguilar in Philly? Yeah. How about Debo Samuel in San Francisco? I love Debo Samuel. Yeah, see that oh. they say. But, but Matthew, there's wide receivers everywhere. It's unbelievable,
1: and and I do think uh, I do think uh, Marquise Brown and Miles Boykin in Baltimore. I think that Ravens offense is going to be a lot more pass friendly than people think.
0: Underrated offense, and I think there's some unidentified fancy talent there.
1: Yeah, I would uh, I would completely agree with that. Oh, here's one for like. Here's a guy that should be drafted in the war room league. I'm not not necessarily for ten or twelve team leagues, but if you're in a sixteen team PPR league like you and I are, Adam, or if you're in a super flex league, how about some Hunter Renfro? Who I'm oh, hearing, I love yes. Hunter Renfro.
0: They lo- they love him. In fact, it's funny you say that. I was talking to the Rams last night and they're practicing with the Raiders, and they say you could just tell that John Gruden loves Hunter Renfro. Now I don't know whether that means he catches thirty passes, forty passes, six. I don't know what that means, but I know that Hunter Renfro is going to figure into the Raiders' offense this year. That I know.
1: Yeah. Uh and especially given by the way we don't know when Antonio Brown do you have an insight in, in, in the Antonio Brown story D- there? Don't
0: Adam? I don't I don't expect that to be a serious injury. I think that he's in the lineup week 1. I don't know that he's 100% but maybe he's 80%, 90%. Don't think it's a factor. I think Antonio Brown will be out there without any hesitations there Matthew.
1: While we're talking about the Raiders real quickly, Darren Waller is one of my favorite players. You know, that's tight end the guy,
0: That's the guy that I thought you were going to say.
1: Love me some Darren Waller. I've talked about him a lot. Greg Olson, their offense coordinator, came on the uh, the Fantasy Focus podcast at the combine. And when I asked him for a sleeper just on the Raiders, I said, "Just give me a sleeper on the Raiders." And this was when Jared Cook was still on their team. He said Darren Waller. That there was you the go. Uh, that was the first name. And uh, one other person I'll bring up here at tight end as we have to wrap up here, Adam Jordan Reed. Everyone's going to accuse me of being a
0: homer, but he's going in the lighting last it up this summer. Lighting it up this summer. Tight end seventeen right now. Yeah, I know. Well. Because people know his history, Matthew. He's he's an unbelievable player when he stays healthy, which he has struggled to do. But I I think you know when I say this, there aren't many people who have been bigger Jordan Reed fans than me.
1: Yeah, this is very true. That is correct.
0: Okay. so uh, Matthew, yeah. uh, we're going to see you on Monday for the Fancy Football Marathon at ESPN. It'll be on all day Monday, all day Tuesday. We'll be tuning into the ESPN Plus app to watch the fantasy show with you for the third straight year and the fantasy focus football podcast with you, Field Yates, Stefania Bell, and our own Daniel Dopp here who's helping with this podcast right now. I thank you very much for taking the time today and look forward to the Fancy Marathon and most especially the War Room League draft. <laughs>
1: Always fun, my friend. We'll see you soon.
0: Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Matthew. You bet. Losing hair sucks, and two out of three guys will experience hair loss by the time they're 35. Introducing Keeps, the easiest and most affordable way to keep the hair you have. These FDA-approved products used to cost so much, but now, thanks to Keeps, they're finally inexpensive and easy to obtain. For five minutes now and starting at just $10 per month, you'll never have to worry about your hair loss again. Getting started is super easy, and signing up takes less than five minutes. Just answer a few simple questions and snap some photos to complete your online doctor consultation. A licensed physician will review your information online and recommend the right treatment for you. Then it's shipped right to your door every three months. Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. You may have tried them before, but never for this price. Keeps treatments are up to 90% effective at reducing and stopping further hair loss. Some men do experience hairy growth, and at best, men will get back up to 20% of the hair they lost. Only $10 to $35 a month, plus now you can get your first month free. One heck of a deal for keeping your hair. If you suffer from hair loss, the last thing you need is to wait to see a doctor with Keeps There's finally a way to get the help you need when you need it. For a limited time, receive your first month of treatment for free. Go to keeps.com. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com backslash A-D-A-M. From one fantasy expert to two more, now we bring in two men who are two of the top men in the fantasy industry, Evan Silva, Adam Levitan, who have gone out and started EstablishTheRun.com. All one word establishtherun.com with tremendous fantasy insight that will have you ready for your fantasy drafts, your upcoming fantasy drafts, but to further that effort and to get people to go visit establishtherun.com, we now bring in Evan Silva and Adam Leviton. And Adam and Evan, we just had Matthew on and the reason that I went to him and the reason I'm coming to you is that rarely does a day go by when I'm not stopped by people to be asked Who am I taking this year in fantasy? Who are the sleepers? Who are the risers? Who are the guys I want? Who are the guys I don't want? So I guess I want to throw out a broad, vague, ambiguous question and say to you guys early on, give me a guy that you're targeting in the early rounds of the draft and give me a guy that you're staying away from. Evan. I think that Miles Sanders
2: is a guy, just based on his ADP right now, a guy that I'm trying to get in as many drafts as I possibly can because he's still going in the seventh round. There is this stigma around Eagles running backs based on their history uh, under Doug Peterson, that they are just totally committed to a uh, committee backfield. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I think it might be a product of the fact that the Eagles just haven't had very many uh, you know, workhorse capable running backs. And Miles Sanders was a workhorse capable running back. His, his statistics, his final season at Penn State, were very similar to Saquon Barkley's uh, in his final season at Penn State, and uh, we have heard the camp reports about uh, uh, concerning the Eagles. Miles Sanders just wearing circles around the other running backs in Eagles camp. I think that he his ADP deserves to rise if you get him in the sixth and seventh round right now. I think it's a great buying opportunity. Um, so
0: he's a guy that stands out to me. You know you know what's interesting about that, Evan, and Adam, we're going to get your pick in a moment. Matthew and I just came out of a discussion where Miles Sanders was one of the guys that we talked about. And we made the argument that we both love the player and we're both concerned about the situation. When you talk to the Eagles, they say, you know how Doug Peterson runs a backfield. He uses a lot of different guys. And yes, I think Miles Sanders is the most talented guy there. But they are going to lean on Jordan Howard. They are going to use Darren Sproles. They are going to use all the other backs that they have back there. And so this is the great part about fantasy, right? You have to take a position, and your position is I want Miles Sanders, and Matthew and I both love the player but are concerned about the situation and what he's going to do. And so you just don't know. Everybody's got to make their own judgment when they're going to draft on draft day. Adam, who's a guy that you got to me that you're targeting in some of the early rounds?
3: Yeah, just quickly on Miles Sanders, I I think that it's just a market, you know. So if he would go in the third or the fourth round, that would be a problem given Doug Peterson's history, et cetera. But given that he's going in the sixth or the seventh, that's totally different. The guy for me is also going seventh, to eighth round, and that's Curtis Samuel. Uh, A lot of reports out of Carolina that he's outplaying D.J. Moore, that he's actually the better root runner, that he's actually uh, more talented. And and with Cam Newton coming back from his shoulder issues, which pretty much decimated last year, all the reports on Cam Newton's shoulder have been – Very good. I think Curtis Samuel has a chance to really beat uh, his current ADP, which, like I said, you can probably get him in the 7th, 8th, ninth round, depending on who your opponents are right now.
0: Uh, Each give me a sleeper. Adam, why don't you give me a sleeper that you think is going in the mid-to-late round, somebody that people are overlooking where his average draft position, his ADP, is much lower than it should be?
3: Yeah, a guy that I've been on for a while and hasn't paid off yet, but this is the year, I think, for Dante Moncrief and with Antonio Brown gone, With Jesse James gone, I think Dante Moncrief has come in and taken a firm hold on the number 2 wide receiver job opposite Juju Smith-Schuster. And this is a team that loves to pass. I mean, in terms of passing rate, projected passing rate, I think the Steelers will be among the league leaders again this year. And Dante Moncrief is still only 25 years old. Feels like he's been in the league forever, but still only 25 years old. Always had a ton of athleticism, and I think he'll mesh well with Big Ben.
0: There's a lot of targets to replace with Antonio Brown being gone, and you have to figure somebody's going to be picking up the slack, and Dante Moncrief would be as good a candidate as I could think of right now, along with some James Washington and Deontay Johnson, the rookie wide receiver that they drafted, and nobody does a better job of finding young wide receiver talent than the Steelers. Evan, get a guy whose average draft position, ADP, is lower than it should be that you've been targeting in the late rounds as a potential sleeper? Yeah, I would add in Pittsburgh, Vance McDonald uh,
2: is also a potential uh, big-time breakout candidate this year. I have him at my tight end Number seven last year, only Travis Kelsey and George Kittle had uh, more yards after the catch among tight ends. And only George Kittle broke more tackles than Vance McDonald among tight ends. And I think that his, his target stock is going to rise. Uh, I like Marquez Valdez Scantling in, the, in the, the late rounds. He is right now the wide receiver 46 by ADP. We have him at established the run at wide receiver 34. He's six foot four, 206, 437 speed. Uh, last year he was a raw rookie coming out of USF. He was very inconsistent, but he led all rookie-wide receivers in yards gained on 20-plus-yard targets. Um, and Aaron Rodgers has just been gushing about Marquez valdez uh this offseason, uh, throughout the OTAs, throughout the minicamps, into training camp, and it looks like he's locked down that number 2 receiver role behind Devontae Adams.
0: Adam, is there another guy on EstablishTheRun.com whose draft stock is much lower than it should be. Like Evan just pointed out, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Is there another guy that stands out to you in that regard?
3: Sure, yeah. And I think a pretty optimal strategy in season long is to always wait on your quarterback. And I think Lamar Jackson is a guy who's just going way, way, way too late. There is a stigma out there around Lamar Jackson that he just can't throw at all. He'll never be able to throw. I think it was really hard for him being dropped into a Joe Flacco-based offense last year. Now, This year, the entire offseason new offensive coordinator who previously worked with Tyrod Taylor and Colin Kaepernick, he'll have the offense suited to his skill set. They added a ton of speed with Miles Boykin and Justice Hill, and we know Mark Andrews, I think, can play a lot. So not only do we have Lamar Jackson uh, projected for at least 10 rushes per game, but now we're also going to see him, I think, expand his passing repertoire, and I can't believe how late he's going. I think you can probably get him in, in the 12th, 13th, 14th round.
0: Matthew and I talked about waiting on quarterbacks, and you bring up Lamar Jackson and where he's going in the draft. Where would you be, Evan, on the idea of how early is too early on the Chiefs MVP quarterback Patrick Mahomes? Because at a time where, again, you're going to find quarterback talent wherever you draft in whatever round, can you justify an early pick and how high a pick on Patrick Mahomes?
2: Well, there are a couple of issues with uh, Patrick Mahomes. First, he led the NFL in touchdown rate last year at uh, 8.6%. And we've seen over the years guys that lead the NFL in touchdown rate um, and it's just touchdowns uh, divided by pass attempts, uh, they tend to regress toward the mean. That doesn't mean that Patrick Mahomes isn't going to be, you know, a top two fantasy quarterback this year, but he is likely to regress in terms of just, how efficient he is in terms of throwing touchdown passes. Uh, number one. Number two, I think their defense could be a little bit better this year. They have a new defensive coordinator there, Steve Spagnolo. Um, they did acquire Frank Clark and uh, Tyran Matthew. Those guys can be difference makers uh, at, at very critical uh, aspects of the defense. Uh, but for me, the reason that, you know, I'm unwilling to take Patrick Mahomes where he usually goes, which is usually third round, even in, you know, some, uh, some 10 team leagues, I'll see him go like in the late second round. Uh, but the reason that I'm I'm unwilling to take him in that range is because I, I have Deshaun Watson ranked ahead of him. Uh, and Deshaun Watson coming back with, you know, Will Fuller has been ready to go from day one in training camp. I think that Kiki QT, uh, has a chance to be a difference maker, uh, for them in the slot. He was highly productive when he was healthy, Last season, and knock on wood, he has been healthy throughout training camp uh, so far. I love the acquisition of Duke Johnson. They really have not thrown a lot to their running backs, uh, which is a very efficient play, uh, a very efficient like you know low low chances for a turnover, high catch percentage, you know, uh, good chance at like just a chain moving game. They have not done a lot of that under Bill O'Brien, but they've had Alfred Blue and Lamar Miller, and of those guys are particularly great pass-catching running backs Duke Johnson is. He's so good that he's actually lined up in the slot. Um, And they also are going from what we have projected as uh, last year, the easiest schedule in the NFL, uh, and it turned out to be the easiest schedule in the NFL, uh, to now the toughest schedule in the NFL. And if you look at how Deshaun Watson has produced in his career, he has averaged uh, 8.7 yards per pass attempt when playing from behind, and only uh, 7.4 yards per pass attempt when he has played with a lead, and he has averaged 6.2 rushing y- yards per attempt when playing from behind and uh, 4.6 yards per rushing attempt when playing with a lead. So he's he's really thrived when he's had to play with urgency, and they're going to have to play with urgency more this year against a really difficult schedule.
0: Is it worth using a high pick on Deshaun Watson than you your picking, Evan? Uh, I mean, I think that the way to go about Deshaun Watson is you look at
2: his average draft position, and then if you really want him, you take him a round ahead of his average draft position.
0: Hmm. You got a quarterback, Adam, that you think is worth using a high draft pick on?
3: I don't, especially, I mean, I'm talking about leagues where you only start one quarterback. There's just so many. and You mentioned how deep the talent pool is, is at quarterback. I mean, I think Jameis Winston goes late i like him i think lamar jackson as i mentioned i think matt ryan it just goes on and on with yep. guys that you can get later at quarterbacks it's just not worth that I'd rather stockpile uh, talent out of positions where guys are going more likely to get injured and there's more uncertainty about playing time
0: all right so we talked about some of the guys that you like and some of the guys you're targeting adam give me a guy that you think is going higher than he should that you are staying away from this year who poses a risk
3: yeah, it, it's Tariq Cohen for me, and I think everything is so game plan specific with Matt Nagy, and a lot of times last year uh, their defense was playing so well uh, that Tariq Cohen, they had the ball so, for so long, and Tariq Cohen was involved in some of these really spike games for uh, Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, this year, I think that they brought in David Montgomery, and I think they brought an underrated guy in Mike Davis, and Tariq Cohen's role is going to be very, very uh, specific. He's not going to see nearly as many touches as he did last year, and I think that their defense will uh, regress some and create situations where Tariq Cullen isn't going to be on the field as much. So just a playing time for thing for me on Tariq Cullen, where he's going too high based off last year's stats.
0: Evan, who's your stay-away-from guy? Antonio Brown. Ooh, so he how come? Has partici-
2: <laughs> he's participated in 30 minutes of training camp so far. This is concerning because he is changing quarterbacks. And, you know, we often see wide receivers that move teams – in the offseason, um, it's it's a higher bust rate than usual uh, and he's downgrading quarterbacks he's going from Ben Roethlisberger to Derek Carr Derek Carr has not been um, you know an aggressive downfield passer and, and Antonio Brown has really made his hay in the NFL as a vertical receiver who thrived off of chemistry and just knowing you know knowing what each other were going to, were going to do on specific plays with his quarterback he's never in the NFL caught a touchdown pass from any quarterback except for Ben Roethlisberger. Um, if you look at the percentage of 20-plus yard just pass attempts that these guys have had over the last four years, Derek Carr is ranked 32nd, 15th, 26th, and 20th in 20-plus yard pass attempts over the past four years. Big Ben was 10th, 1st, 4th, fourth, and 4th. Fourth. Um, so there's just a, a very different uh, you know, uh, mentality in terms of downfield aggressiveness going from Ben Roethlisberger to Derek Carr and last year the Raiders were 16th in the NFL in pass attempts 24th in offensive plays the Steelers were number one in in pass attempts and number five in offensive plays so um, his his opportunity is going to go down just because the Raiders don't throw as much
0: interesting before I let you guys go and again we're joined by Evan Silva and Adam Levitan from establishtherun.com, a new fancy website that they've created, and I can assure you that it is going to be as good as any fancy website out there. Is there a strategy, Adam, that you'd recommend to people drafting? And, again, it's a broad question, but are you thinking running back first round, wide receiver second round? Are you going running back, running back because there's so much wide receiving depth? Are you trying to get a tight end early, one of the big three, or are you staying away... Is there a general strategy that you could and would recommend, other than, of course, taking the best player that falls into your slot that represents the best value?
3: Yeah, I think value-based drafting is the way to go for most people. There's some other strategies out there that people try to implement, such as your running back uh, strategies. And people even tried to go with your wide receiver strategies to kind of counter that. Uh, I think value-based drafting is for sure the best way to go in terms of specifics for this year. I mentioned late weight on a quarterback. I actually think that the second tier of tight end is really interesting. I, you know, I almost said Zach Ertz, when you asked me my bust question, I think they just have so many mouths to see there. Now in yeah. Philly and Zach Ertz average depth of target is so, so, so low. He needs so much volume uh, to get there. So I, I think that Ertz and Kittle and Kelsey are very expensive. And I think that you can get a lot of value out of OJ Howard and, Hunter Henry, and maybe Jared Cook, and Evan mentioned Vance McDonald, and that's here in there, and I think that that will create some value for you and allow allow you to stockpile running backs and wide receivers early and kind of wait just a little bit on your tight end and wait a lot on your quarterback.
0: Anything that you'd recommend, Evan, before we let you go? Yeah, um, so a lot of people have talked
2: about the zero RB strategy in um, fantasy football in recent years. I think my favorite approach, especially if you're drafting inside the top five picks and you can get one of the top five big bell cow running backs, um, and then uh, I think you've got to take one of those guys. Uh, but then when, you, when it comes back to you around that 2-3 turn, uh, I think you would just hammer two pass catchers right in a row. It could be an elite tight end. It could be a George Kittle. You know, and It could be a T.Y. Hilton. It, ideally, it would be like Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, who falls to you at 2.7 or 2.8, uh, in the draft. So, um, that's the way that I I like to to do it. Not so much a zero RB strategy, but making sure, you know, locking up that bell cow running back and then coming back and hitting two pass catchers at the two, three turn. And then even at the four five turn hitting two more pass catchers. Uh, and then you can use the middle rounds to take shots on running backs like Miles Sanders, um, you know, like uh, uh, Rashad Penny, like Chris Carson, who was going too late in drafts after finishing top five in the NFL and rushing. Um, I think that there's enough value in the middle rounds at running back uh, that you can get really aggressive from rounds two through four or even two through five at the pass catcher positions after locking up uh, that bell cow running back in top five.
0: Well, Evan Silva, Adam Levitan, I want to thank both of you for joining the Adam Schefter podcast today. I want to wish you the best of luck with EstablishTheRun.com. I've already signed up and enrolled in your website for the best fancy insight that you can get, and I wish you guys the best with that. Thanks for the time today.
3: Thanks so much for having us.
0: They say a great offense starts with a great defense, and that's especially true when it comes to the fuel you put in your car. Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline is engineered with four levels of defense against gunk wear, corrosion, and friction to help keep your engine running like new. And now, you and your car have even more reasons to celebrate with the Shell Great Gas Giveaway. It's your chance to win free fuel for a year, or one of thousands of prizes with a total prize value of over a million dollars. If you're a Fuel Rewards member, you'll automatically receive one entry every time you'll fill up with eight gallons or more. And if you choose New Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline, you'll get four entries. Not a member? Download the Fuel Rewards app or go to fuelrewards.com backslash win to join. Legal terms in engines that continuously use Shell V Power Nitro Plus premium gasoline. No purchase necessary. Promotion ends September 1st, 2019. See official rules at fuelrewards.com backslash win for how to enter by mail and all details. And so there's Evan Silva and Adam Levitan from EstablishTheRun.com. They joined Matthew Berry who's a part of the Fantasy Show on the ESPN Plus app as well as the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast and a part of the Fantasy Football Marathon getting underway Monday night, August 12th, for two days at ESPN. It's that time of the year, everybody, with Fantasy Drafts being all the rage. Thank you to the listener for joining us for another Adam Schefter podcast. Please join us again next week. Have a great week, everybody.